0: Hello, everyone. Today's episode is a student spotlight featuring one of our recent alumni, Joe Ferasik. Joe, has, uh, since he graduated, he's been working with a company called Golf Tech down in Kansas City. Now, Golf Tech's found all over the country, uh, and what Joe does on a day-to-day basis is teach, which is something he discovered was going to be his passion from the time that he entered the program. Uh, and we're really excited for him, really excited that he found that passion, uh, and uh, excited even more excited that he's decided to share that story with you today. So uh, be sure to enjoy this show, and uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you look us up on uh, iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. and be sure to click that subscribe button Four, so you don't miss a single three, episode. Three, two, one... Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I've got Joe Ferozik on the line here today. Uh, Joe's one of our more recent graduates of the program. um, And he wants to kind of share his story and tell everybody a little bit about himself and what he's doing now. So welcome to the podcast, Joe.
1: Thanks for having me on, Brad. How's everything back in Nebraska?
0: You know, things are, things are going okay right now. We're, uh, we're trying to figure out what the fall looks like with COVID, uh, but uh, the world has changed and we're just racing to catch up. So, uh, but you know, it'll be okay. We'll be all right. You, how are things there? Yeah. Same thing
1: here, same as every other business, you know, the mass and just different operations because of it. But just glad that golf's in a good place right now and I can keep my job the way it is. Um, But yeah, just so saying a little bit about myself, because there's probably a lot of people in the program who don't know who I am. I know there's some who do. Uh, I went through the PGA management program, graduated last year, I believe one year ago today, last Mm -hmm. August, so pretty close. Um, And then I moved down to Kansas City. I currently work at Golf Tech, so teaching and club fittings are the main things I do down here. Uh, Just like I said, happy to be down here, happy to be in a career field
0: that I like. Awesome. And that's exactly what we're going for. That's what we're trying to make everybody uh, get everybody set up for is that career that they love, you know, doing something you like. Um, so it's, that's the mission. What uh, take us all the way back to the very beginning when you first decided to, the, to get into the program, kind of what was your thought process? You came straight out of high school. Is that right? Yeah, I did. So um, what was that thought process like uh, going in toward the program? What, what made you decide PGA Golf Management at Nebraska?
1: So I first started, we'll just go way back. I didn't start actually golfing on a real golf course until I was 15 years old. I would hit a couple times on the driving range because my brother was on a high school team but never really took a big interest into it. Had a coach, had friends who played, made me really love the game. And actually, you'll know these names, but Zach Davis and Mitch Swanson went through the program a couple years before me. And Mm -hmm. I knew that they did it as well. I knew that they were interested in it, talked to them. They said how much they liked it. Like most high schoolers, I had no idea what I wanted to go into in college, no idea what to major in. And so that's when I decided I love golf. Might as well give it a try. If I don't like the actual major, then I can switch it because I know that's a very common thing in college as well. So I ended up going into it. Like I said, uh, just love the game. You guys did a really good job with the the program. Uh, I liked how it was set up. There was not, honestly, not really one time where I questioned uh that I wanted to get out of it. I know some some people do. It's different for all for all students. Uh but I never really did. So just went into the program with that mindset and it ended up working out.
0: So that you know that's a story we've kind of heard before. So um it's how did you remind me again, what did you where did you hear about the program first? Was it from Mitch and uh you said Zach? Yeah. Or was Mitch it from that they told you about it. Is that how you found out?
1: Yeah. When I remember when they were seniors, seniors in high school, I was a sophomore in high school and I remember they said they're going into it and they still visited like the next year when I was a junior in high school and they told me about it and that's kind of where I first heard about it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's a cool way to hear about it and probably a really uh, good way to kind of motivate somebody to go into a program if their friends have gone into it. Um, Now take us, take us through your time in the program a little bit. What'd you, you know, what, just kind of give us that story.
1: Yeah. So I started off, um, obviously there's a lot of opportunities in the program to become a better golfer and I was lucky enough that I recognized that I took advantage of those opportunities I came in probably shooting mid to high 80s and I shot a lot of low 90s honestly in those tournaments my freshman year of uh, sophomore years when I really put in the work because you have player development through the program I know you have Greg and Jim um, come and they give us lessons you have Mike Schuhart was actually my swing coach in high school and that went throughout college as well because I know he's one of them as well that you work with uh, so I made sure to take advantage of that Wilderness Ridge does an awesome job hosting us letting us get out there you know as long as you communicate with them letting us get out there and play uh, and then by the time my senior year uh, my main goal is to make the Cone Cup team and I was able to do that so I was really proud of that but just a lot of opportunity to get better as a golfer within the program. So that's one thing you have to make sure you take advantage of because if you're not, you're, you're honestly just missing out.
0: Sure. And, and uh, you know, some of the people that'll listen to this are probably prospective students and families as well. So um, having that uh, handicap index of 12 uh, is, is one of our entrance requirements. So you obviously had met that, um, and what a lot of people I think don't realize is, and, and you've shown it, I showed it when I went through my program at Fair State University, um, you just have to shoot a couple good scores to kind of get that handicap index down, uh, knowing the formula, it's not really an average. So, um, so you can come in and then through our player development program, which I would argue is one of the more robust of all the programs, just because yeah. of the number of professionals that work with us, the caliber of the professionals, plus Scott and myself and Dan, Uh, have Mm -hmm. the ability to help you all. And then other students um, can help as well. And did you give some later on in your career? Did you give some lessons to some of the underclassmen students? Was that a common thing for you? That was
1: not too much. I did give some lessons. I know through um, through some of our curriculum, we had to do it as well. So I learned a lot from that and throughout internships, actually. So going through going through my internships real quick. um, I mean, that's something I'll talk about a little bit later, but I was able to my bosses knew I had a little interest in teaching, and so they actually let me give a couple lessons to some players that wanted to take lessons. They gave me that opportunity, uh, and that even grew my interest more into teaching.
0: Sure. Yeah, go ahead and take us through those internships. Just where did you go, and how did you kind of land on those?
1: I know yeah, you wanted so to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I did. So starting off uh, freshman year, summer, so I went, there's different routes to do it. I went three month, three month, three month, seven month. I know a lot of people do three-month, three-month, seven-month, three-month. Uh could go either way, but so what I did is I stayed in Lincoln. My first one just worked outside services. That would probably be the only one I wish that I wouldn't have done. I know you guys preach it all the time, but I think it really takes the student to make the mistake to realize it. You need to get out, get out of state, get away from your home, and experience that. Um, so next internship, one year later, sophomore year, summer, I went to the Harvester Golf Club in Iowa. Uh, Live by myself on the course, and that's where I really enjoyed it, honestly. I was able to work almost as an assistant professional there because they only had one true professional working in the pro shop, so I was able to do a lot there and learn a lot from him. His name was Andy Boyle, but learned a lot from him there. He let me teach lessons there as well, uh, so that's where I started growing an interest in teaching. Then junior year summer, I went down to... Big Cedar Lodge in Branson, Missouri. And I know that's a big hot spot now. Tiger just opened his first public course there, actually. Uh, Greg Thomas, really good guy down there, same thing. Worked inside the pro shop, but he asked me always what I wanted to do. If there was one area that I wanted to go into, whether it's if I wanted to work at one of the other courses one of the days, because I had three different courses, or my thing that I told him is I wanted to teach. And so we actually had like an AJGA tournament there one week. And one of the girls wanted a couple lessons. So he let me, he gave me that opportunity to be able to teach even though he really didn't know if I was capable of doing it or not. He just put that trust in me. And, and so I really appreciated that. And then the last internship, cause that helped me decide that I really wanted to go into teaching. So Sioux Falls, South Dakota was my last one, my seven month one up there with Sanford Power Golf Academy. And I went up there, Josh Baldus came up there a little bit later. I know he's still in the program as well, um, but he'll vouch for it as well. Very, very good opportunity. If anyone's thinking of going into teaching, that's a very good internship, and that was just strictly teaching, so that really let me know if I could keep into it with a day-in, day-out grind of just teaching eight hours a day, and that's why I did it, learned that I loved it, and that's where I went to a place like Golf Tech after that. Uh, because it really is. It's teaching all day. Some people can't handle that. Some people like being in the shop all day. It just depends on the person. So it was really good to get the different experiences. I went out of state, like I said, every time after my first internship, highly, highly, highly recommend it.
0: You said it was that third internship? that that third three-month internship you knew at that point that teaching was kind of a central focus what was it so you said that one solidified it what was it that made you think like hey teaching is maybe something i'm really interested in but before that you had to have some idea what was the first experience
1: so the way the way they treated me at big Cedar lodge was incredible the views were incredible it's probably one of the best the best internships i could have had inside the pro shop and i still knew i wasn't enjoying it as much as i could so when i taught those lessons that one week the agga tournament was there um it just made me enjoy it a lot more i enjoyed that a lot more than being in the pro shop and that's when the light bulb kind of clicked that this is what i should be doing if i enjoy it more That's when I went to that teaching internship next and then went to the teaching career.
0: Gotcha. Because we hear, you know, we hear a variety of stories uh, and sometimes they go like that. Sometimes they go the other way. It's it's so much fun to watch yourself and other students go through the program and watch, watch you gain those experiences and see light bulbs click. Or, you know, sometimes Mm. I've even heard the opposite story where somebody had their first experience teaching. Uh, And they had the exact opposite reaction that you had and neither, neither one's wrong. So um, but that's a big part of the experience that's built into a a program uh, to help you figure out what it is you actually want to do so that you can launch in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And then, so one piece, I guess I didn't touch on is those pictures I sent you with how I decided the right internship for me. So those Mm -hmm. pictures I sent you was back in, 2018. So that would have been for my third internship when I actually went down to big Cedar Lodge. Uh, but what I did is you, you still have that database on the PGM website, correct? Of all Correct. The yes. Yep. Yeah. So what I did is I went through that. I wrote down the different ones cause they have a lot of information, like how much you'll be paid. Um, if housing's included or not. So those are obviously two of the main ones that you want to look for. But I went through, I had seven pages in my notebook, so probably like 200 different internships written down. And after I wrote all those down, so those are ones I could have possibly went to, what I did is I narrowed it down uh, by category. So first I went with, does it have housing? Does it not have housing? And I know how tough it is. I've had internships with both. I know how tough it is if you don't get housing. It's it's tough to find a good place. So when housing's included, uh, you're very fortunate to have that. And then I went to... Well, first, yeah, and then next I went to how much I'd be paid. I also went to what type would it be, private, public, teaching, or actual working in the pro shop. So just different categories to go into. I narrowed it down that way. Once I had it narrowed down to about 20 internships, I'd say. I contacted all of them. Um, not only do you have to be a right fit for them, but you want them to be a right fit for you. So I went in with that mindset, uh, got it narrowed down that way. I probably had five of them in at the end that I could have went to. Um, and that's when I settled on Big Cedar Lodge in Missouri. But just starting off early, not narrowing down your options too quick, but considering everything you could do. Like I said, don't be scared to move away from home. And then you'll find – that'll help you to find the best one for you.
0: Awesome advice. Um Would you, how did you go about the, through the process of figuring out if a place was or wasn't the right fit for you? Was it just researching the facility or was it during the interview process or both or how'd you do that?
1: It was a little bit of both. So I definitely went to their website Um, before I started narrowing down a lot. I went to their website. I also considered private versus public was a big one as well. Um, If you have a bad experience in one, you want to go to the other. So myself, I wanted to keep it more of a public setting. I know a lot of people like private as well, it just depends on the person. And after I went through that, then yeah, you're exactly right. Then actually talking to the people there, just feeling out how the environment would be because I know some people have bad experiences on internships, They're, they're pretty few and far between from what I've heard, but some people do. So you really need to make sure it's the right fit for you as well.
0: Right. Did you have any like stock questions that you would ask each place when you are doing the interview to find out anything that you would, you know, we always talk about uh, interview questions you should expect as an interviewee, mm-hmm. but did you have any that you kind of really, that helped you figure out, hey, this place is right for me or not right for me that you would ask them?
1: Main, main things I would ask. Well, I'd ask the typical ones, like how many, how many rounds a day, how many members of their club, if they were private Um, what they would expect of me in a day so what would my jobs be and a big one for me because in college I really did like playing golf so I like to ask them um, just what's the playing opportunities when when you get off work are we going to be able to play the course or is it strictly just for for members or strictly just for golfers and you don't encourage it so that was a big one for me I know there's a lot of good golf courses that they would rather have you playing when you're off. They want you to go play when you're off mm-hmm. because they they don't want you getting into trouble or anything like that. Um, and just being able to, <laughs> I know I've heard <laughs> on the podcast before, a lot of them have talked about it, but just being able to get along with the members and stuff like that as well. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very beneficial. So that was a big one for me that I would ask.
0: Okay. Yep. That's a, that is a good one to ask. And it kind of give you a good idea of their culture as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, so that, that kind of takes you through your internships. Do you had anything to add to that process that you went through or. I was just thankful
1: for the way that the curriculum was set up when I did enter. Cause like I said, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know mm-hmm. all the different areas you could go in with golf. So at that time it was, I know it's different now from what I've heard and you can let me know if I'm wrong. Cause you pick your career path now when you enter it, correct?
0: Uh, it's not quite like that fairly early on. You can choose from a couple of different minors, but you're not really shoe shoehorned into any specific career path. The associate program with the PGA of America. So if you're not going through a university, they have the associates pick a career path, but they tend to already be on one. They tend to already be working at a facility and have a better idea of what they want to do and uh, are a little more, I don't want to say focused. I don't think that's the right word, but they're a little more intentional and, and, have and they have some experience previously that has kind of told them hey I want to be in general management or I want to be yeah. uh, you know executive management I should say or teaching or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so they, they pick a career path a little bit
1: earlier. Okay, yeah, that was that's something I'm thankful for though because like everyone's heard from my stories, I went through a little bit of of each area of golf. The only one I probably didn't do was tournament ops. Uh, mm-hmm. That one's really good. I know a, a couple of my friends that want to go into that. Um, but I just knew that one wasn't for me, but I went through every other area and that's how I was able to pick one out.
0: Take us up toward graduation a little bit and and uh, let us know what that was like. And how did that lead to where you are now? I mean, obviously you had a, a teaching internship that you kind of ended on. Um, so you, you, it solidified it for you, but, uh, take us through the end and, and to where you are right now.
1: Yeah. So the later parts of that seven month internship, I knew I was graduating right after that. Um, passed the pat all the curriculum was done PGA tests are probably the toughest part of it but they um yeah once you get through tougher those... than the
0: pat for a guy who came in shooting in the 90s I... or is it just the player development program that got you through how many times did you take the pat
1: I took it three times my third yeah. time I passed
0: okay first You're time I don't
1: you. know first time I don't know why I took it um so the first time I shot like it was raining at Highlands but I shot like 85 95 or something like that so I don't I don't even know why I took it that early. Uh, But then second time I missed it by one, and third time I passed it by one. So if you're, yeah, if you're going through player development, it it shouldn't be a tough thing. I mean, shooting a pair of 78s at Mahoney, you just got to grind it. You'll be good. But going into the actual tests, they're a little nerve-wracking. Even though you know what you're doing, just the way they word some of those answers is is tough. So you got to be confident in your answers, trust it, and, and you'll be good in that arena as well. Um, so I had all that past later parts of my internship. I had two different areas I could go into, um, cause I was making sure to ask all around. I know I was talking to you a little bit as well at this time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just, just to get some advice of where I should go. What's my next step. And I was also talking to my, my boss at the time up at Sanford. And so I could either be an assistant for, for someone who was teaching, who had their own business, or I could go into golf tech. Ended up talking with both of you guys, figuring out my best option was going into golf tech. Um, so what I did is I actually talked to James Kinney in Omaha. He's, he's a very good teacher as well, but he works at Golf Tech there. He actually owns that, owns that golf tech in Omaha. So talked to him, shadowed some lessons from him, got some advice from him. What he did is he talked to the manager down here in Kansas City because they were actually looking for someone to hire. And so he got in touch with me. We talked back and forth and we figured out it would be a good fit. And that's when I ended up coming down to Kansas City and and starting here. And that was, it's crazy. It's gone by very quickly. It's a good thing. It means you're enjoying it. But that was 11 months ago that I started here.
0: It just keeps going faster and faster as you go on. (laughs) That's what I've heard.
1: And it's holding up true
0: right so um you kind of you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier as far as teaching it it's a grind and that is one thing that i think a lot of people discover when they go into that career path i've i've known a number of people who have worked for golf tech and some of them like yourself will love it and stick with it and that's all you ever do and others will do the shortest i'd ever heard of and this wasn't one of our graduates this was somebody else who went to work at a golf tech was there uh for about three weeks after you they finished the the school out in Denver. Yeah. The golf tech U. Uh and, and just couldn't take it anymore. So uh and which is the shortest I've ever heard of. Um so <laughs> it, it can kind of run that whole gamut. So there are obviously pros and cons. Um so kind of take us through that. What's it what's it like now, now that you're on the other side, you're a full time golf instructor. What what is that like for you?
1: I enjoy it. it's a lot more of a grind, but with with most jobs that you start, you're not going to be able to play as much golf. That would be the one con for me. Where in college, I was playing maybe three times a week. I'm only playing once a month right now. Uh, just because a lot of it is because golf's in such a good place right now with how busy it is. Not only on courses, but but lessons are picking up. Club companies are selling a lot more merch as well. Uh, like I said, it's a very unfortunate time we're in. But for golf, it is good. So that's a good side of it. But being on the other side of it, I'm glad I have my career path found that I want to go in, whether it's staying at golf tech for 40 years or whether it's going off and trying to do other things with teaching. I know I want to stay with teaching my entire career. So that's a really good thing to be able to have figured out. And like you said, I've, I've heard stories like that too, where where people start, it could be teaching. It could maybe even just be an assistant pro, but something where they haven't had much experience in. That's why it's very important. And I'm thankful for it. My last internship, I was able to experience that day-in, day-out grind of eight hours teaching a day, and that let me know if I was going to be able to handle it, because these days, I'm given about 15 lessons in an eight-hour day, so we give half-hour lessons, so literally one-hour break for lunch, and besides that, it's just straight in a row, a bunch of lessons, so you have to be able to handle it. You have to be able to not only know what you're doing to be able to improve their swings, but you have to have that time limit where you're cutting off because that way you're not taking time from someone else as well. When it is that busy, that's very important.
0: Yeah. That is a tricky uh, aspect to that business for sure. What is your, what is your client makeup look like? Are you, is it predominantly adults at a golf tech or do you get a decent number of juniors in there? What does that look like?
1: It is for the most part adults. So a lot of, a lot of players who, it's it's weird, but a lot of players who used to golf a lot, then they had, most of the time it's kids. Kids are in college now. They have more time. They want to get back into it, so they come back in here. Um, but it still varies. I have, the youngest kid I teach is seven years old. The oldest guy I teach is 76 years old. So everything in between. And just going off differences for like for juniors and adults. I do like teaching juniors quite a bit and reason why is because they don't have as many bad habits developed. It's a lot easier to be able to mold their swings. And especially when they're on a high school team, if you do really well teaching one junior, the other players on the team are gonna realize it. That's when they'll come into you as well. And that's when you can actually be a swing coach for the entire team which is really cool especially when you're seeing that they're winning tournaments and things like that that's what yeah. actually that's what happened with my high school team and mike shuhart um we had the teals i'm sure you've heard of them mm-hmm. but the two two girls on our boys team so we didn't have a girls team they were going to him obviously they were the best on our team and so <laughs> <laughs> it was very humbling being beat by them but so we saw that they were going to shuhart so the rest of us started going to him and I think he, he might still have it up, but we got second at state our senior year, gave him, gave him a picture, but it was kind of cool that we were able to all work with him and be able to share that share that similarity and have him be a part of it.
0: Yeah, that's really neat. Very neat. <clears throat> cool. Well, it's, yeah, it's a pretty wide variety uh, that you've got, but I'm not shocked that Golf Tech is primarily adults. Um, for people listening who aren't familiar, Golf Tech is primarily technology-based indoor golf instruction Um, using a variety of different sensors and and methods that are, I'll call it unique to golf tech, maybe not unique overall, but the way they pull everything together is pretty unique. Um, And, uh, and they kind of teach based on that, based on the numbers, right? Uh, So that's, that's the methodology or approach uh, at a place like golf tech. And they are in recent years, my understanding is golf tech's the single largest uh, employer of PGA professionals within the United States. Yeah. Uh, so they've got locations all over the country, uh, employing PGA professionals from coast to coast, which is pretty cool. Um, so how do you, I guess one of the, one of the scariest things for somebody going into golf instruction is kind of looking when you first start, I guess maybe golf tech might spoon feed you a few clients that they have come through the door cause they're so busy. Yeah. They have um, good but, marketing. Yeah. yeah. So they do a lot of the marketing for you, but as far as establishing yourself as a, as a great instructor as a name, sort of a name brand, how are you, you're kind of at the beginning of that really, how are what are hmm. you doing to kind of establish yourself to make yourself like the go to person at golf tech, or I don't know if you have any ambitions later on of, of taking off from golf tech and going and doing something else. Um, but, uh, how do you, how are you going about that? What are you doing?
1: So when you start taking in as much information as possible, I learned so much from teaching my first month at golf tech. Um, If anyone has an incline to be a teacher, golf tech, you're not going to go wrong with them. Just, just being honest, being straightforward. Uh, But you learn a lot. So take in a ton of information and just listening was the start. And that was basically the first six months for me was taking it all in. I wasn't, Trying to give advice to different instructors I have there because I, I knew I was kind of bottom of the totem pole. I just want to see different things. Some things I might take and use on my own. Some things I might say, "Well, that's not right for me," so I'm not going to take that in. But just listening to all of it is is the first step, uh, and the second step is putting it into action. So, like I said, Golf Tech does a great job teaching you. Then you have to start off getting your students to play better, and it takes a little bit takes a little while for that. So you, you might not see that within your first couple months but once they can actually start getting out on the course consistently uh, be able to see improvement in their scores that's when they start talking to their friends because all these all these guys play with playing men's leagues they play with their different friends so the referral part of it them them talking to their friends their friends realizing how much better they're getting is a huge huge part of it that's how you grow your clientele Uh, so like i said if you can make them better just give good lessons then over time their friends are going to start to realize it. They'll ask, where are you going? Where are you going for these golf lessons? They'll tell them. Then you'll get more clients that way. They'll keep getting better. And like I said, um, with the juniors in the high school team, that's a very good example is if you make one junior better, the whole team starts coming to you. You get that team better. Maybe they win state. Then different teams start asking where they're going. Then it's very easy to grow your base after that. So being able to listen, taking information, know what you're talking about, make players better. That's the basis of it. From there, your business will
0: grow. Do you feel like, do you feel like, and you can answer completely honestly, do you feel like the program gave you all the tools that you would need? The curriculum gave you all the tools that you would need to jump into a career in golf instruction? Um, You know, with the, the intern, obviously you had an internship boost from a place like Sanford power golf Academy, but do you think like, what should people do if they're interested in that? Maybe they don't get that opportunity at a Sanford Power Golf Academy. Do you feel like the curriculum itself was enough or do you need something else? My, my intuition would be that maybe you need something a little more.
1: The curriculum itself gets you a very, very good start. So you're able to teach really well with the curriculum. But what golf tech provides would be the next step is what I would say. So something something I remember I didn't pay attention to, I think I told you this already, is it might've been, PGM 401, uh, where we talked about gear effect and ball flight loss Mm -hmm. and things like that. I did not pay good enough attention to that because I came to golf tech. They taught that within the first week uh, and I didn't know as much as I should. So, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, so I'm trying to help you out here is if anyone's listening, (laughs) pay attention to 401 when you're in it, because that's a huge part of, of instruction, especially if you're going into teaching, uh, make sure you know that stuff, but golf tech does has very unique way of teaching. Um, where they can get the information to you that you need to know to be able to communicate to your students. So I'd say they definitely provide the next step, even even separate from what Sanford taught me. Sanford taught me a lot as well. Golf Tech taught me a different area and just expanded my knowledge with those three different areas with the PGM curriculum, with Sanford, uh, with this, and then shadowing instructors is a huge part of it as well
0: and okay yes that's that's a big one i would recommend too if you're not already doing it to shadow shadow other golf instructors so i i usually keep a list i haven't done much this summer because of you know the the concerns around the coronavirus um but i always have a list of instructors that over the summer especially when i've got a little more time on my hands who am i going to go watch teach You know, (laughs) there's always that, there's always that list. And I think that's one of the best things you can do. Um, But then everything else that you can to try to uh, try to improve your own knowledge base. I mean, there's a ton of stuff to know and there's a ton of unknowns,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: especially in golf instruction. So how do you, how do you tie it together and build your own brand on it? It's important.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so something I did, throughout, throughout colleges, I would try and, and shadow. I know you had, we had Seekman actually come once, mm-hmm. James Seekman, um, Nebraska has a ton, a ton of good teachers. There's a lot of opportunities. So there's no reason to not shadow instructors, but James Seekman, I would shadow Mike Shuhart just cause I knew he was good. Cause I was, a, he was my swing coach throughout high school. Um, so I, I shadowed him and even, so I know at the end of this, you'll do the links, but uh, different teachers on Instagram. So do you, yeah, do you have who
0: do you have there that you really kind of follow online that maybe you don't get a chance to be face to face with all the time? But
1: so the main one is is George Gankis, and he's well known. I'm sure a lot of people will know this, but Matthew Wolf, uh, he's mm-hmm. the rookie on rookie on tour. There, he's well known for being his swing coach. Um,
0: yeah, and like, teaching teaching a swing like that is is mm-hmm. ta- it's a skill, right? To take somebody yeah. who has some something of an unorthodox move. And how do, you, how do you teach that person without messing them up? Uh, yeah, and I, I
1: can't even imagine yeah. how, much, how much crap he got for that, for how that swing looks from, from just different people. But, but he trusted it. Matthew Wolf trusted mm-hmm. it. And you can see how well he's doing on tour right now. Right. Uh, but, yeah, his, his Instagram is, is very good. Uh, so he talks a lot through what he does. He teaches. He puts probably eight different swing videos up a day. And you can see just how pure the swings. are. So what I do is I pay attention to him, I watch him, I'll watch him over and over again so I can pick out what is he teaching them within this swing. Uh, mm-hmm. can I teach this to any of my players? Do any of them have similar things that they need to work on? And not even just watching him, watching different instructors, but he would be the main one I would say right now, just because he is the hottest teacher right now. And I think there was a golf digest article like two months ago, Butch Harmon, number one teacher in the world right now. Uh he took a lesson actually from George Gankis because he wanted to learn what, what does he teach these golfers? So even someone like that mm-hmm. number one teacher in the world is still shadowing instructors and learning stuff. Not
0: just yeah. shadowing them, but being their customer. Uh, that's yeah. something that I've kind of done a little bit of too, you know, especially some of the guys online that are selling stuff for the YouTubers. There's a few, few YouTubers out there, yeah. um, that are doing some cool things and I subscribe to their channels, even as a golf instructor, even though they're quote unquote competition, uh subscribing to their channel see what they're doing don't don't shut them out um because you never know where your next great idea is going to be that you can weave into your own style right yeah uh, so that's that's a big one so uh george Gankis we'll add his instagram link in, in the show notes is there anybody else
1: um that would be the main one that i watch there's a lot of good instructors
0: you subscribe you subscribe to kolb's Golf, yeah, yeah, golf, yeah. US, US golf. He has that, Canada, yeah. Golf, US
1: golf TV on YouTube, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I get, I about every other day at least, I get he uploads a new video. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, they've been doing a lot of that. I think just because with all mm-hmm. this stuff going on, too.
0: Sure, sure. Cool. What about yourself? Where where can people find you?
1: So my golf page on Instagram is underscore JF underscore golf. Uh, I was posting on it quite a bit. I haven't posted on it for probably six months, but if there is some interest in it, I'll start, I'll start posting. Cause I have the videos of my players and I want to be able to, I want to be able to show people if there's something that they see that I can provide them. So, mm-hmm. so like I said, if there is interest, I'll start posting on a game, but that'd be the main one.
0: Perfect. And if they're in the Kansas city area, they can reach out to golf tech and try to take a lesson with you if they want to. Right. We might have yeah. a few people down that way. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, cool. Um, what's, uh, what's next for you? I mean, obviously you're, you're hanging out at golf tech. You're really liking it but, uh, mm-hmm. eyes, eyes on the horizon. What's, uh, what's up next for you? Got it. Uh,
1: yeah, I have plans. I mean, I have like a five year, 10 year plan, but you can't really adhere to those because life's always changed. And I never thought I'd be in Kansas city four years ago. Uh, and mm-hmm. I am, so I have, I have plans. I won't outright say them cause I don't know, if they're, <laughs> they're going to have it or not going to have them, but I definitely have man, well, It doesn't have
0: to be anything specific, but yeah. uh, maybe someday you might want to break out on your own and be, a, I've seen a few uh, golf instructors who kind of put their roots in at golf tech and then they'll break out on their own as a independent contractor instructor with their own academy somewhere. Um, so I didn't know if you were thinking about anything like that. It can be long-term, but.
1: Yep. And uh, I, I would say that's basically right, right. Exact down the
0: road. Of sure. I'm sure. Um yeah. no no
1: time frame on it really, but mm-hmm. but we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Oh, well, anything to add before we, we hop off here and, and sign out?
1: Uh just to help you out for everyone listening, pay attention in classes. <laughs> because even though <laughs> even though at the time you may not think you need it, you'll need it eventually, especially if you're so going it's in. good information.
0: That's great. And then uh what about to people who are thinking of maybe entering the program? What do you got to say to them?
1: the route that I took and you guys heard the story. I loved golf. I love playing golf. That was the main thing. My golf coach was awesome. Friends who played it were awesome. Made me love the game. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of people change majors. So just go into it. If you don't like it within your first semester, you can always change majors. Uh, But My story was I went into it, loved it, kept with it and ended up being my career. So I'm very
0: thankful for it. Well, Joe, thanks for joining me today Uh, and you stay safe out there. All right. Thanks for adding you as well. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe in uh, iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, launch is a production of the PGA Golf Management Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To learn more about the program or to ac- access transcripts of the podcast, go to pgm.unl.edu. This show is hosted and narrated by myself, Brad Getch. If you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can email me at b-g-o-e-t-s-c-h-2 at unl.edu or send an email to pgm at unl.edu to reach our office. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at UNLPGM, Instagram at UNL underscore PGM, and Twitter at UNLPGM. A special thanks to uh, my guest host today, Joe Farasic. If you want to reach out to Joe directly, you can do so by finding him on Instagram at underscore JF underscore golf. We mentioned a few other resources on the show today as well, so you can find links to those by checking out the show notes page. Music and sound effects were all licensed through audiobooks.